This is Ryan Kinseth Art with the SoCal Artist Podcast, and today we're going to be talking about oil painting from start to finish. Also, Happy New Year, Happy 2024, and this year I'm going to be focusing a lot more on things I enjoy talking about, which is definitely oil painting, so we're going to get into specifics this year. Let's get into it. So I thought this episode would be helpful for those of you that are looking to get into oil painting or more specifically portrait painting. While it is tricky to figure out how to explain things via podcast and not a visual like YouTube, I thought I'd give it an attempt because I've had some feedback in the past that some tips and topics are resonating with folks when it comes to actual oil painting. So to give context to this episode, I'm going to give the layout from start to finish of when I'm oil painting to what I'm thinking about throughout the entire piece. And this is specifically for portrait painting. So for those of you that are looking to get into portrait art, hopefully you will get some tips and tricks out of this podcast. So let's get us started here. Uh, First, I want to talk about the reference photos. You can either paint from life or you can paint from reference photos. And if you don't have someone who's going to sit for you for three hours, maybe two minimum, but three would be ideal, then you're probably going to, one, either want to go to classes where you can have a model posing for three hours, or two, use picture references. So um, when it comes to portrait painting, I definitely recommend practicing. So don't worry too much about who you're painting unless you're trying to create some you know, real pieces of work that are representational of what you're trying to convey. But otherwise, just have fun with it. For me, it's pop culture, athletes, um, movies, TV, doesn't matter. I just look for portraits and just practicing and having fun with it. So uh, you can use websites like Pixabay or um, any of those websites that are royalty-free pictures where you end up crediting the photographer that took these photos. Or you can do something that I do as well, which is go through your movie, go through your TV show that you enjoy seeing, and look for proper lighting when it comes to the person you're trying to to take a a reference shot of and this means look for some shadows on their face uh, so it's not just lighting directly at the front of their face but more from an angle and it has some lovely shadows it's recognizable of who it is and who that person is and maybe it has some fun kind of colors in there or it's a variety of colors or more just a variety of values depends on what you're looking to, to practice and take a screenshot sometimes streaming services don't let you take screenshots so something i've been doing as well is looking up screen caps of a movie and or a tv show and there's already websites that are literally just taking screen caps from that movie throughout the entire movie so you can go through a ton of different um, references there so once you have the reference Uh, What I would make sure is you have a good palette 
and the palette being a variety of colors or you can you know you can do white black and red yellow blue just the primaries you can add a green orange in there um, a pink and purple because it's really hard to achieve those colors unless you have a pink or purple um, or you can experiment or go more towards the Zorn palette. That's that's totally up to you. Maybe a limited palette. It all will work. It's just what are you looking for? Are you looking to expand your palette? Are you looking to to um, to give yourself limitations, which will help you figure out and not have to think as hard about the colors, um, which could be helpful for you to practice as well. So definitely look into palettes you want, but I would keep the white and black and then definitely have the primaries in there maybe a warm and cool version of each color it, it totally depends on you uh, obviously i'm going to be focusing more on just the painting process here so uh once you have the palette let's talk about you just quickly just gesso the the canvas pad you're working on doesn't need to be anything fancy just a way to hook it up to the canvas or to a drawing board onto the easel or just a canvas panel, whatever you, you want to do, but just gesso it first. It makes it easier for you to uh, paint on top of gesso or a primed canvas. And let's get into the actual painting now. So for the longest time, I've always toned canvases, which is where I take an earthy color, maybe like a burnt sienna or a transparent earth uh, oxide or I'm sorry oxide red oxide brown I take an earthy color and I dip it in some gamsol and a paper towel and I grab a little bit of the paint and I just I completely tone the canvas so it's not a white anymore it's more of a neutral earthy color but lately um, and I'm gonna give credit to Kai uh, Kai key here um, or Kylan Q, Q um, here, who's amazing painter. He was someone who taught me to kind of create an atmosphere. So instead of just toning the canvas with one blank, uh, just wipe of the paper towel, I would grab a uh, maybe like a six or an eight brush and just get some of that that down and just start kind of scribbling, almost like an abstract, just on the canvas, just get some atmosphere in there. And you're kind of just getting some color down and it almost makes it's almost like when you look at clouds and you see like faces in the clouds or or if you're looking at like coffee stains and you can make out some you're kind of just getting some atmosphere there to give you a good basis to start um, and it's a lot scarier to start painting on a blank white fully the same color space than it is to, to work off of kind of some interesting shapes and and strokes going on there so yeah create an atmosphere get some messy scribbles down if you don't know what i'm talking about go to my instagram ryan Kinseth art and look at some of the portraits i've done and you'll see in the beginning i'm i'm kind of scribbling there so once you get the scribbles down um what i would do is look at your reference photo and look to what the darker shadows of the structure are or what are the darker values and you can either grab the same color mixture that you use for the, the atmosphere and just keep it monochromatic in the beginning 
or you can go true to the color of what you're looking at with the shadow. So when you see a shadow, you are asking yourself, is this shadow closer to red or is this shadow closer to blue? That's a great question to ask. Honestly, with a lot of colors, to be, to be perfectly honest, I'm constantly asking, is this more this color? Is this more this color? When it comes to shadows, is this more blue or is this more red? Or is it kind of in between? So um, you can also make that mixture there and just kind of look at the canvas and imagine where, how you would uh, paint this and, and scale it within the size of the pad you have or the atmosphere you've created. Can you imagine that face right there and kind of stay true to that? So I like to start somewhere, this is just personal preference, I'll just tell you where I start. I like to start somewhere near the crease of the nose. Um, I'm sorry, the crease, the, where the eye kind of meets the nose. That's kind of my starting point. I like to kind of start in the middle of the face to and work outward, but it's all personal preference. I've seen many different ways to do this. So yeah, um, get the get the shadow in there where you know where the eye is is meeting the the nose or maybe it's the corner of the eye start there and then look at the distance on the reference photo look at the distance from that mark you just made how far is it from that no the the bottom of the nose right at the corner of that nostril where the next shadow is or where another shadow is how far is that distance is that the same distance from from the corner of the eye to the bottom of the nostril as it is if you were looking at the corner of the eye to the other corner of the eye you got to be comparing your distances every time you you mark down where something is so is is it bigger is it smaller than that distance if it is make sure you're staying true to that is it um, a good question to ask when you make that corner of the, the inside of the eye and then the outside of the eye and you kind of mark where these spots are. Is the other eye, is it higher or lower than these marks? Is it higher than that, that bottom corner of the eye or is it lower? That's going to that's gonna help with your proportions as well. So these are questions I'm asking myself, especially in the beginning. It's all about proportions. I'm not as concerned about what colors or what um if it's true to what it looks like so you this is freehand scaling from life type strategies that we're making here so stay true um and create a roadmap when it comes to this and what do i mean by create a roadmap so there's, there's a method and it's out there and it's blocking. Everyone knows blocking and blocking is good. Blocking is good, especially for beginners because it's simplifying shadow shapes. It's simplifying what we're looking at and making it less overwhelming when you're painting from start to finish, you're beginning with blocking. So you see a big shadow shape there, you block that in. And you see a you know a mid-tone shadow, you block that in the same color. I personally do not like to do that. And the reason I don't like to do that is it's hard for me to be more dynamic with the style 
and the expressiveness and the color choices when I'm blocking because I don't want to have to spend time later being fun and creative with it because I started off with blocking. But if you're a beginner, you can definitely just block in areas and that'll help you scale in proportions. But instead, what I'm going to tell you, and this is what I do, and this is honestly what I do, is I'm creating a roadmap of the face in this painting. And so when I say I'm creating a roadmap, I'm marking where everything needs to go. Okay, here's the distance from the corner of the eye to the nostril. Here's the one nostril to the, to the other nostril. And then um, here's a dark spot for the pupil of the eye and then here's one for the cheekbone but that's got to be the same distance away as the nostril was to the eye as the as the other corner of the eye to the cheekbone like I'm getting the proportions correct and once I have the proportions correct like I'm like okay these are all in the right spots and I can see how a face is going to come out and it's going to look like my reference once I have that it's like oh I get to have fun now because now I get to take colors and start placing them where they belong throughout the portrait. So this is where having a, a good eye comes in handy for uh, just seeing colors and values. So now what I'm doing is, and you can still work dark to light, which I save lights for the end, but um, now I'm looking around the painting. I'm like, okay, so let's get a this person's face is you know closer to maybe an orangish, orangish color, but it's more neutral. It's not as um, bright there. So let's get a, a neutral orange and and kind of um, start placing these around. And once I mark that on the canvas, I'm like, okay, that value there is similar to this value on the reference photo. So let's look around that reference on all the spots of this person to where that color belongs. So is, is that color in the hair, is it also in that, and when I say color, I mean that color and value. Where, where does this belong around the painting? I have a roadmap now. I can literally just look, it looks like this also belongs on the other cheekbone. Well, I know exactly where that other cheekbone is because I created a roadmap of, of my portrait. So I'm gonna go mark that and just try to do, you know, one fluid stroke or two or a couple and I'm gonna move around the painting with this color. And then maybe I add a little bit of green into it. I'm like, oh, okay, there's that greenish um, mixture of that orange, and I put it on the on the canvas. You can even test it. Like, what does this look, look like on top of what I've already put here? Oh, this looks like this value and color on the portrait reference itself. Where else can I put this around the painting? So now I'm going around with this green color mixture, and then, and then all of a sudden I realize that, damn, my, my portrait right now is very orange and very green. And it has some shadows um, here, but it's just very bland. So I wanna keep the structure integrity there and don't let it lose where the person is, where everything is, where that roadmap is. So let's start getting some defining colors in there to, to show, okay, this person is still right here they're not molding into something else or not losing its structure or foundation that I laid out with the roadmap. So now let's grab like a, a 
some cool blues that were in the shadows like maybe we need to make a blue mixture and kind of show that okay here's where that um that color goes so now i'm making a blue mixture and i'm kind of testing out some where are the blues in this reference okay some some blues are right here and i'm laying them early because the earlier i lay these colors down the less i have to do later in the painting and the less i have to worry about correcting what I've done or, or um, changing what I've done if I do these earlier. And now I have orange and I have um, a bluish mixture. I have an orange greenish mixture. And now I'm like, where are the reds in here? Let's look around on the reference photo. Are there any kind of reddish, um, reddish color mixtures on this, on this reference? And now I can grab a red uh, and then mix it in with something else and create maybe a, a reddish hue that I, I see in the reference. It's a balancing act. This is pretty much, if you think about it, when it comes to photography, it's a red, green, blue. You're all, red, green, blue is, is how a, a color is defined in photography. And it's, it's saying how much red, how much green, how much blue is in there. And it's just different combinations. So when I'm creating a portrait, I'm not mixing red, green, and blue on every mixture, but the beauty of painting is you can have reds alongside greens. You can have blues alongside reds or greens, doesn't matter. It's gonna, your eyes are gonna trick you into seeing the true colors to what these are um, just from being alongside these color mixtures. And that's more impressionistic, which is what type of uh, painter I am. But this, this entire thought process is always a push and pull. It's, um, I'm constantly an, an, uh, analyzing, do I still have the structure of this, this person here? With, and the structure is usually from the shadows of their, their face, which is defining where, um, where ridges are on the face or where uh, you know the bottom of the nose is or the the inside of the lip or the bot below the bottom lip, um, that crease b below the bottom lip and the chin. This is defining where the face is and what this person's face looks like. And, um, I'm always constantly seeing, do I have the structure there? Okay. Do I have, um, reds in there? Do I have greens in there? Do I have blues in there? This, do I have yellows and is it more yellow? Um, I'm constantly looking at all the different colors on the scale to, to see if I need to be laying them down throughout the portrait. So I hope this is making sense. It's, it's probably easier with a visual, but this is hopefully you can get some, some ideas out of this. So when it comes to molding the painting... Um, when it comes to molding the painting, that's it, we're not always going to define. Like sometimes I overshoot the the side of the face, and it turns out I need to reel that back in with the background. So now they have like an elongated face, and it's not right. So now I'm constantly pushing and pulling the the side of the face. Okay, do I need to bring it out a little bit more? Or do I need to bring it in a little bit more? If I need to bring it in then I need to grab the background color and bring the background in 
so I can kind of cut off the face a little bit. It's it's sculpting. It's like I had too much clay. Now let me take some of the clay off uh, to to properly define that that cheekbone or what have you. Um, but yeah, this I this is constantly what I'm th what I'm thinking about. Something else to to because I'm just trying to give you an insight to what's going through my head when I'm when I'm painting the portrait is when I lay a color down like let's say let's say the color and this is where color theory needs to, to come in handy but let's say I have like a kind of a um, a yellow okay it's it's a yellow that I need to be putting down on the portrait but I go to put down a, a yellow and it's like a mixture a little bit of a cadmium yellow a cadmium yellow light or a cadmium lemon and I go to put it on and I and I'm like that that looks too green because it kind of does lean a bit more to the green side and I'm like I'm looking actually more for an orangish yellow not a greenish yellow which those are two very different yellows there so what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring in a little bit of cadmium orange uh, maybe cadmium orange deep or cadmium orange itself and so I mix that in a little bit and I put it on the canvas and I'm like eh, it's it's still not bright enough maybe what would be better is getting cadmium red light which is closer to cadmium orange but it's it's almost more color in itself it's gonna it's gonna hold a bit more of a punch because it's it's actually further than orange so now I'm mixing this cadmium red light with a cadmium yellow light and I get this kind of brighter orange and I could put that down I'm constantly thinking of what do I need to add to this color or um, do with this color to, to change it to what I'm looking for and that's where it also comes in handy to know um, to know complementary colors and to know that that's going to also desaturate the color. So maybe I'm trying to get um, maybe I'm trying to get a blue down and it's too bright like maybe I'm using a cobalt blue or a ultramarine blue and it's too bright and and I'm like okay, well I can I, I can add white in this but if you add white to ultramarine blue it actually brings out the blue even more. So instead of adding white, I need to desat this color because it's it's a very it's a very just neutral looking blue that's in the shadow there. So what I could do is grab an orange and mix that with the ultramarine blue, and it desats the blue. And now I'm taking away the blue, but now I made it a little bit too like orangish. So I'm like, okay, that was too much. So I um, add a little bit more blue and maybe. It's a little too dark of a value, so instead of adding more orange, because I know it's gonna kind of bring bring it more to the orange scale or desat the blue, is I'll just grab a little bit of white because I'm not trying to bring it more to orange. I'm trying to desat it. So th these are questions I'm constantly asking myself when it comes to to everything, um, and there's just so many questions going on every time I'm laying paint down paint down on the canvas. But it's fun, it's natural, it's part of the process, and you have to love this part to, to kind of achieve some cool effects. Something else 
this is kind of the end of this this year so hopefully you've gotten some tidbits out of this but something else i'm doing is i'm really i'm waiting till as long as i can to not put the lightest values in there are there are certain occasions where i don't follow this and those occasions are my painting is looking very dark and very mid-tone and it's all kind of it's all kind of just meshing together and it's not it's not forming then i should probably start defining the lights but if i am coming up with a good portrait without defining the lights and it's it's already turning into a portrait i'm going to keep pushing it and pushing it to see how long i can go without without bringing in the lights because when you bring in the lights it's actually kind of that last little bit and it's it's almost like the cherry on top of the sunday but it's really going to bring it together if you can bring the portrait to let's say the value scale is 0 to 10 and 10 being um the darkest value and zero being the lightest i'm going to keep it 10 to 10 to 4 as long as possible or maybe you're not even going as dark as 9 to 9 to 4 as long as possible before i'm gracefully adding a 3 and then a 2 and maybe you don't even get to a 1 or a 0 or maybe the 1 is just you or a 0 is just you grabbing a a blob of white and just barely putting a little dab on the on the eyeball to, sh to show there's a reflection there but the lights um, I'm really adding towards the end and something I'm thinking about when it comes to lights is is it uh, is it is it closer to yellow is it a is it a bluish light or is it a yellowish light so that's a good question to ask yourself um, or is it um, closer to a reddish light but I usually I feel like the question I'm asking myself is is it closer to yellow or is it closer to blue so is it more of a, a warm light or is it a is it a cool light and that's a great question to ask yourself and sometimes the best way to bring the light to that color is to get the blue below it and then add the white on top or the the light mixture on top or to get the yellow below it and then add the, the light mixture on top. But yeah, um, I also don't overwork paintings. I don't, just some last tips here. I, I don't overwork paintings. I also don't, I don't like to um, correct everything. I stop a painting when I feel like my strokes are not adding to it anymore and it already is representational of who I was painting. And I, I'm happy with the colors. And even though I see things off with it, I'm going to stop it because none of these are going to be perfect. But yeah, this is this is my episode for portrait painting. And I'm going to be making a YouTube video as well because I want to be able to show what I'm talking about as opposed to just imagining it and then talking into a microphone. So that will be coming. So look out for my YouTube. Um, if you haven't followed, follow my socials, which is Ryan Kinseth Art for TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Meta. And I'm also doing live wedding painting. So if you are or know someone who is getting married and would like a live wedding painter, please reach out to me, especially if you're in Southern California or possibly Northern. Um, I'm definitely very interested in, in um, creating a special piece for your big day. So 
reach out to me there. If not, always reach out for questions. And thank you for listening to this episode. If you haven't already, please leave a review. It also helps me know how you feel about the episode. Thank you. Have a happy new year.